And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson and Doc Manson, I always start these shows with a question, and this week is no different. Are we going to record next week? Yeah, sure, whatever, I don't know. You don't have crazy plans for your holiday? I mean, on the holiday, I'll I'll be um, at the in-laws, but I mean, our normal recording day of Wednesday, if you're going to be around, I'll be around. Uh, I will be around. I will be around and by myself. You're being abandoned. Uh, <clears throat> yes, in, in, in uh, a weird sense, uh, kind of. Uh, Mrs. Matthews is heading up to the Great North Woods 48 hours before I will be heading up to the Great North Woods. So you're going up, what, for Thanksgiving morning or something? Yes, I will be riding in the back seat of the champ and mama Matthews car for three and a half hours. It's going to be a good time. I, you know what? It, it won't be bad. Uh, you got to get yourself some Twizzlers. uh, uh, We, we have an email going back and forth in which she was like, what's what my mom was like, what sort of snacks should we pack? And I'm like, how about I am in charge of the snacks since you're bringing me up. So I don't have to use my 14 year old car to drive a couple hundred miles. So, uh, you tell me what snacks you'd like, and I will make sure to have a bag ready when you come pick me up. And they said saltines, <clears throat> no. Pepto-Bismol. Uh, so far, it's been uh, Diet Coke, some bananas, and anything <laughs> salty and crunchy. Like, okay. I, I, I said saltines. I suppose, yeah, that would qualify. <laughs> what else is saltier or crunchier? Pretzels, I suppose. Potato chips. Mm. But. I don't know. I might bring saltines. That would be really funny. That would be funny if I just pulled those out of like a backpack and was like, here you go, everyone. Especially if you're like, hold on. I, I just want to put on last week's podcast on the radio for a second. Let's all put these. Uh, let's all have some of these and then try to whistle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think we're going to record next week. I don't see right. why not. I, I you're, like I said, otherwise occupied, but. I think we can work. I'm getting out of work at around 1, 1 1.30 on Wednesday. Uh, I'll be coming home to an empty empty domicile. So, yeah, I think I could do that. And actually, I'm not really work. Well, okay, that's not true. I'm not working at my full-time job until the Monday after Thanksgiving at this point. I'll probably do a little bit of work tomorrow. But that's I won't be doing anything next week. But then I do have my other job. And I'll be there Monday, Wednesday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, next week. So, but, I find you know, that, that's much shorter I, hours. So. I find that interesting that Why? some universities go to school up through Thanksgiving and some get the whole week off. Yeah. Um, technically, they're closed on Wednesday, so it's not like I have a class. But on Tuesday, I'll, they'll be taking their lab practical. So um, I need to go in probably on Wednesday to uh, check some stuff because it's a microbiology course. So like they'll be making streak plates for isolation. I need to go and see that they've, you know, done the technique correctly so I can grade that. So I'll go in on Wednesday just to get it done. What is, what is the correct technique for a streak plate? Um, 
basically, did you succeed in getting isolated colonies of bacteria? So you would take uh, a loop. It's it's basically a, a rod where on the end of it's a piece of wire. At the very end of the wire is twisted into a circle, a loop. Um, and since it's metal, that loop, you put it like into a Bunsen burner or other source of heat to sterilize it. It glows red hot when it's sterile. Um, you wait for it to cool. You dip it into your sample, which would be either a solid or liquid culture that has bacteria. Um, you p- take a sample, you put it down on the surface of a Petri dish that has you know, agar roast. Sure. You burn the loop again to sterilize it, wait for it to cool pull through the section of the plate that you just inoculated. Um, so you're going to pick up some cells, but not as many as what you initially put down, right? Because you're only going to pull it through once. And you're going to spread it across the surface of the plate. You're sort of diluting those cells down versus the first section, right? Because you've only picked up what you pulled across, and now you're spreading them, and they're falling off across the surface of the plate. You're utilizing that surface area, right? Then you burn your loop again, wait for it to cool again, pull through the second section, you make a third section, burn it again, pull it through, make a fourth section. Ideally, if you've done this correctly, at some point on the plate, not necessarily the last section, I don't care what section it happens in, but at some point you will have basically sort of physically diluted away such that instead of having cells all on top of each other, you've reached a part of the plate where you've pulled and you've only dropped like a single cell and there's enough space around it that that cell, when it incubates in an incubator and it grows, it creates a colony of bacteria. Now, that colony is made up of, you know, millions or billions of cells after it's had a chance to grow. But because it all came from a single cell, all of the cells in that colony are essentially genetic clones. And this is a technique that you want to use in the laboratory so that way you can get a genetically pure culture of a bacteria, which then you could go on to use for diagnostic testing. I have so much to say about this. First things first, before the podcast, I had suggested you write a book. You kind of nay-nayed the idea. You absolutely could write a book. Well, I'm well aware I could write a book. <clears throat> it takes a lot of effort. You got free time. I, I, maybe someday. <laughs> um, It'd be wonderful to have my Tuesdays and Thursdays off for the rest of time. The second thing is, how big is this Petri dish? Is it the traditional... 100 millimeters is your traditional size. Okay. So they're not like when they do a streak, it's not a seriously long streak. No, um, maybe a couple of inches. And and you're going around the outside of the plate. You rotate it, you know, so um, little section, little section, little section, little section. And you're basically back around the other side of the plate where you started, you know. Okay. An inch or so across and you're working on the diagonal, really making use of, you know, again, the surface of the plate. <clears throat> finally, and this is taking one word you said and running with it, uh, do you think we will see human cloning in our lifetime? <laughs> you think it hasn't already happened? Like full human cloning? Not yeah, like I think it's probably I think it's probably happened. I think it's very likely that it's happened in China or some other country that has looser ethical restrictions. Um, and they probably haven't advertised it very much. But yeah, there's nothing. There's no reason why it couldn't already be happening. We have the technology. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sure Full Gear was great, but we're not getting to that topic today because you just (laughs) blew my goddamn mind. Okay. Um, 
Hold on. Let me process. We have the technology to clone an entire human person. I don't see why not. We cloned a sheep. We did that 30 years ago. I suppose we did. Dolly, right? Yeah. There's no different, really. We're all just mammals. So do you think if we cloned... We wouldn't be able to clone their memories, though. So it would just be somebody who looked like you who... It would be a genetic clone. It wouldn't have your memories, wouldn't have your experiences, wouldn't have the same upbringing, would be a different person, but it would have their same genetics. Do you think we have the technology? Imagine, imagine two identical twins separated at birth, raised by different families, right? It's same thing. Do you think we have the technology where when I am... When my body is old and frail, they could then take this clone out of cold storage and transfer my consciousness into it. So thus, I would be able to continue living for decades to come. Uh, That technology we do not have yet. Damn it. Yeah, sorry. Get on it, China. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. Uh, I suppose that does make sense now that I'm thinking about it. Um, Interesting. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go right. And, I don't, and again, I don't say that to vilify the Chinese. No, I, I think a lot of the concerns about some of that stuff that hangups we have in this country around certain topics, science, I personally think are unwarranted. Um, like I, I get some of the people that are concerned about certain things, but um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I find it difficult to pick and choose what science I want to support and not. I, 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 I feel like if you're okay with some of it, you really need to be okay with all of it to some extent, right? I'm not talking eugenics over here, but no, I get what you're saying though. Yeah. <clears throat> what would then the purpose be of a human clone organs? That's one potential purpose. Another potential purpose is reproducing without, the required sex act. You know, children of men style. Um, should there be an issue there, we potentially could still reproduce um, by other methods. Okay. That makes sense. I suppose it would make more sense to clone children or even infants rather than cloning, you know, a 38 year old guy who. Because <laughs> again, then they start, you know, they have no education. They have no idea. of. I mean, and it's not like you're cloning a 38 year old man's body. Um, it's going to start as an embryo um, and it's going to grow just as like any human would. No. So we could take your no. genetic material. We no, make I want a clone. Full, no, I want a, f- I a baby. Want, I want full multiplicity. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's not that doesn't exist. <clears throat> that technology. I want to eventually get a DC Matthews who's running around with aviator goggles. <laughs> <laughs> I like pizza, Steve. <laughs> I got to watch that movie again. That's not yeah. I, it's an entertaining movie. Uh, okay. Well, again, clearly blew my mind, but let us get back to the, the topic at hand. We will record next week. Uh, you have to work, but there may be some time off uh, for both of oh, us. Yeah. I mean, I'll be done early in the day on Wednesday, I suspect. So I'm not, not anything's. Nothing special. So hypothetically. Yeah. Maybe around 2 p.m. on Wednesday. 
we could either record a podcast or be at a place doing a thing. Depends on what kind of place you mean and what kind of things you mean. With with the bowl and the sprouts. And the th- yes. That's a, certainly a possibility, mm. assuming they're open. <clears throat> I suppose I that, that is true. that place sometimes has weird hours. I but. suppose that is true. Um, I mentioned it before. I, I did want to get to it. There was a pay-per-view this weekend that I know you watched. I yeah. legitimately was asleep before the show probably started. Because I, we have. We How are your shots? How are your jabs? Um, our jabs were fine. We were in and out very quickly. Friday, um, you know, went to a local pharmacy and got the flu shot and the booster at the same time in the same arm. Um, that was a little stiff, so I'm driving home doing my little exercises and trying to keep the thing and. I was very well hydrated, and we drank Gatorade and water throughout the rest of the day. We were run down, but we didn't get, we didn't spike fevers. We didn't feel nauseous or anything like that. But by, you know, 6.37 p.m., we were in bed. The baking show was on. I can't remember how long I stayed up, but. Yeah. Know. Okay, well, I'm glad to hear you didn't feel terrible. <clears throat> no. I, yeah, today, I did not work because I have just have this kind of, like, coating yuck in my throat and haven't hmm. felt great, but I don't know if that's just everybody in my classroom has cold. So I'm assuming I have now at this point just gotten it, but, um, but yes, AE dub had their full gear extravaganza. Manson Manor was full of people. Did GQ make it? GQ was here. He Eric. brought us, he brought us, um, burritos burritos the, the size of a small baby okay uh, and i ate the entire thing it was what was in the burrito chicken pork, uh, beef mine was mine was pork yeah, yeah delicious style yes it was uh, mrs manson got a steak burrito as did gq and whew, they were good did you did you have yours and then finish mrs manson's no, I had, well, yes, but I did not finish hers until the next day. Okay. Yeah. For dinner the following day. Yeah. Fair. No, I can't believe I ate that entire burrito. Even GQ was looking at me like I was a crazy person. Um, and I was uncomfortable. So, I mean, he ultimately he was right. So, uh, <clears throat> and then uh, Eric, yeah, G- Eric Rachel's was there. usual crew. Rachel was there. And, uh, you know, we had a, we had a DC sized hole. Uh, in the uh, sectional, so you're you know. you're very sweet. Uh, what did you think? I, I noticed a tweet, something about I can't remember what it was, but I'm sure I can look it up because I doubt you've tweeted since. Um, <laughs> you know, if you don't like AEW, then maybe the problem isn't the wrestling or something like that. Let me see if I sure. can. Sure. If you can't, if you can't find the joy in AEW, the problem might not be with pro wrestling. Would you like to expand on that, or do you feel confident in it, just I that? I think it stands for itself. I just don't think that if if you if you cannot understand or find any joy in that product, maybe it's I time think to stop. maybe maybe you're just looking for things not to like. That's fair. Did you like the entire show? I mean, there were ups and downs, like any show. But by and large, I th- it was 
entirely watchable. Did you wonder why there would be a toaster under the ring? No. And in fact, I I saw your tweet about that and I thought, man, what an asshole. <laughs> like And then and then I wrote a passive aggressive tweet about how if you can't find the joy in AEW, then maybe the problem isn't with pro wrestling. That was in relation to me asking about the toaster. <laughs> I, don't, I don't actually know if it was, to be honest. It makes good radio. Um, but no, because so, OK, it was it was a um, a street fight style um, show. And there were literally barrels full of weapons at ringside. Not everything came from under the ring. Oh, and that piece of information was not made clear to me. There was literally a barrel that had hockey sticks in it. And okay. one guy took a lead pipe out of his pants at one point. And there was a toaster. And frankly, if you're walking around backstage at a wrestling show and I'm going to be in a street fight and you're at craft services and you're looking for anything that's metal and blunt and not nailed down, I think a toaster makes a lot of sense. At no point did anyone tell me. I listened to the Piece of Business podcast. I don't believe Glenn mentioned there were barrels of weapons. Now, I I can't guarantee that the toaster came out of the barrel, (laughs) but there were barrels. Okay. And, you know, we... I remember watching a street fight. I don't remember if it was WrestleMania 13 or something like that. It's Ahmed Johnson and the Legion of Doom against the Nation of Domination, and they actually used a kitchen sink. So it's yeah. not like, you know, we we can, I can Again, suspend I, I, disbelief. It is enough. a wrestling show. If you go backstage, like one of the things that you know is going to be there is craft services. Like finding a toaster around. Yeah. To me, doesn't yeah. seem that outlandish. If you wanted to have a problem with uh, the young bucks having prepared very expensive Air Jordans with thumbtacks, you, you know, for all out, okay, maybe I think that's sillier because that's something that somebody, <laughs> in theory, the young bucks spent some time backstage with thumbtacks and a hot glue gun just meticulously sticking these things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's sillier to me. Than a toaster. But that that said, though, the thing about the toaster is, and the thing with the lead pipe coming out of the pants and all this other stuff is, they're not afraid to do a little bit of wrestle silly, which is good. something that, that I is like, good. and something that you like. Yes, I have so, seen. I have seen multiple brawls. I have seen multiple brawls in which people were doused with condiments as sure. part, like mustard in the eyes is a thing I have seen. So One of I, my all-time favorite segments of Corporate Kane working the concession stand, he douses um, um, Santino Morella with, with, I don't know if it's mustard or ketchup. Yes, absolutely. That kind yeah. of stuff happens all the time. It's some of my favorite moments. Yeah. Oh, God, it's a vinegar-based sauce. I'm blind. So. I'm blind. I'm blind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. I... I had seen somebody again. I don't remember which which chat it was or where I saw it, and I was just like a toaster. Okay, but I will presume there were barrels. I would, you know, had the fight gone into the back and gone into catering, and they grabbed a toaster. I'd have been like, yes, use the environment. Yeah, sure. This is what you, you know. Yes, grab the guy's balls with tongs. That's what they're there for. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, I will say I think that was probably the weakest match on the show was that street fight with the inner circle. Um, the other team had a couple of uh, MMA people yes. on it. And I mean, I just, again, MMA fighters have no 
business in a professional wrestling ring. As far as I'm concerned, I don't find it entertaining. They're not particularly talented in the that bombastic or flourish flourishing way yep. that a pro wrestler needs to be. Um, so I find it largely uh, unnecessary, certainly for the show. But you know, I mean, everybody else in the match did a pretty good job of livening it up, and and of. The MMA fighters that I have seen in a wrestling ring, they were probably amongst the least offensive. Were they better um, than Nathan Jones? I don't, I don't remember who Nathan Jones is. Nathan, so I, yeah, he was, he was terrible. He was he was not good. Um, what would be your match of the night? Match of the night? Hmm. If I had more investment in the story, it very easily could have been Adam Page, Kenny Omega. Sure. Just my problem is I haven't been watching the product for two years. Yep. You know what I mean? So I think I think that for a lot of people, that's probably the right answer. Yeah. But um, I'm, I'm asking you from a person, which match did you enjoy watching the most? Not which one was the best according to whatever metric, just Doc Manson's favorite match of the night. Hard to say. Um, I would say I would say the first three matches of the night were all quite, quite good. Um MJF yep. and Darby Allen yep. was a fantastic match. Good. Like those two guys. They're both young, they're both good. Exactly. That's it. Like that- they're they're, <clears throat> they're just good. Build, build um, your foundation for the future. Love that. The Lucha Brothers uh, and FTR Ooh, put yeah. on a, a fantastic match with a questionable ending, but a fantastic match. And even the, the ending that was told, apparently um, there was a reason behind it. Because it, so I don't know if you're familiar. Spoilers, people. But FTR goes under the ring. They put on these luchador masks. They do a swap. The not the legal man is in the ring, and they're trying to pull a fast one. But it doesn't matter. Lucha Brothers win anyways. Okay. They, but they, apparently they tried they to had, do the killer bee, the killer bees in the eighties did that. Yes. Okay. Apparently though, they, they they pulled out these masks, um, and perhaps won the AAA tag titles doing this, uh, not that long ago. Okay. So they were they were playing on something that's happened in another promotion. Sure. I wasn't necessarily aware of it, but Eric, I think, was talking about it. So the, there, there was a it? continuity there. But yes. But for you who's watching just casually. Um, yeah. It's so like I said, I think the ending was a little lackluster, but the rest sure. of the match was fantastic. And yeah. on the other hand, like I have difficulty faulting them for that because. I'm the one who's not watching their weekly television program. For all I know, they had an explanation of this last week on Dynamite and showed us footage from Triple. I have no idea. You know what I mean? Like, that's on me to some extent if I'm not keeping up to to date on the stories they're telling. But yeah, ultimately, I thought the ending was a little weak. Sure. Um, And then the fourth match, Brian Danielson uh, versus Miro Mm. was phenomenal. Of they course. told a great story in that match. Um, you know, Brian Danielson kept breaking out different um, submission holds. And I don't, the thing that I don't think people give enough credit for is again, this, this, the storyline stuff, even with that last match, that ending I didn't like. Apparently, there's again a story there that they're calling back to, right? 
this this Brian Danielson match, the submissions he's been breaking out are the same submissions that he's been using to win his last few matches. The, the last few people he defeated, he pulled out this one and Miro got out of it. He did this one, Miro got out of it. He did this one, Miro got out of it. And the whole match, though, Brian Danielson is also working on Miro's head and neck because he's had ongoing neck issues. And he does this, doesn't work. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. And then finally at the end, and again, it's all different submission moves. He's not just doing the same submission move each time. It's a different move. And finally, the last one, he gets him. He's yanking out his fucking neck. And Miro, again, this undefeatable, um, you know, finally he chops him down by going after the weakness that he's been working on the whole match. Again, within that match, if you're familiar with what Brian Danielson's been doing, and then even what with what Miro is doing, like it's a perfect like psych- psychology match. They're telling a story with the actual action, which I appreciate because it doesn't happen as often as it should, I think. Agreed. Yeah, so like those three matches were phenomenal. The one after that, Christian Cage into the Jurassic Express uh, versus uh, Super Click was good. Um, Luchasaurus was awesome in that match. Um, I heard he did the tradition again from the Piece of Business podcast. Glenn watched the show and he said he got to do the big man moves that are kind of his bread and butter, like the power stuff, because he's facing three smaller guys he can toss around a bit. So, yeah, they did a moonsault off the stairs early in the match, which was foreshadowing for later when they were doing this big, huge thing off of the ramp down to down below when he's got them all lined up down there. And he did another moonsault off of there. It was fucking phenomenal for a big guy to do something like that. Um, It was really good. And they told a story in that match, too. They were talking about, you know, Jungle Boy, uh, he had been brutalized by the Bucks earlier. They had showed this, so I was aware of it in you know video package form. Brutalized with a concerto, and so they're 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 foreshadowing that early in the match they get to a point where Christians got one of them set up for the concerto, and you know Jungle Boy is not really sure if he should do it, and Christians trying to give him the chair, and you know it doesn't work out. They get interrupted, and it all falls apart, and blah blah blah. And then this whole thing happening at the end of the match, Luchasaurus is causing havoc over here, does the moonsault, and Christian Cage is over here. He's got the guy set up on the ramp now for a concerto again. He's just going to do it himself. But Jungle Boy, you know, is able to stumble to his feet. He comes over and he just goes, no, I am going to do it. And he takes it and boom. And like, again, they told a story in the match that goes back to what was happening in the run-up to the pay-per-view. And like, there's character development for Jungle Boy in that. And, and, and when's the last time you can remember somebody really selling a concerto. How many times do people just magically pop out of a concerto in the WWE? Like the fact that it meant something here, they built it up as ultra devastating sort of thing. And then they just sold it that way. He brutalized uh, the buck and then, you know, pinned him and got the win after this huge, massive match. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I sound like a broken record probably. But they're doing it right. They do so much right in this company. And, and like that alone, we're halfway through the show and I've enjoyed every single match. How, how often does that happen? And don't get me wrong. The next of the matches don't necessarily live up to the rest of that, sh- the rest of the show. But 
Cody Rhodes and Pac versus Malachi Black and Andrade was also pretty good. They were telling a story in that match as well. I think it was interesting that they, like, those are four. And again, AEW has former WWE guys, and that wasn't the reason for it, but it was just, that was such a, you know, like, you can imagine a world in which Andrade and Aleister Black were taking on Neville and Stardust or whatever. Yeah, sure. Except way better and, and with an actual story. Like, and will they, won't they? Can both teams get along? They're not even really there for each other. Sure. And they're, it's a classic story, but they did it well. Um, Britt Baker and Ty Conti was one of the weaker matches of the show, but it was still good. A lot better than a lot of women's wrestling that we that we traditionally see on a WWE show. Well, that somebody was talking about how the entire queen of the ring tournament lasted something like <clears throat> 19 minutes. Sure. Cause every match was like three minutes long. Yeah. I mean, so. I think it's weird that especially after all out and you've got, you know, Ruby Soho in the company that she's not on this card anywhere. I thought that was a little weird, but Hey, you can't all be on every show all the time. So ultimately, I think it was pretty good. Ty Conti is good. Oh, well, I sh- she's green still, sure. but she's gonna be good. Yeah, like you you can see it. Yeah, so, we had that we had that conversation about Charlotte early on. Like in yeah, you know when she was in NXT, you were like she's not good, but she has all the tools to be good. And then you watched her very quickly go from. Not so good to good to, oh, yeah, you're amazing. Right. Um, CM Punk, Eddie Kingston. Wasn't my cup of tea necessarily. I don't like Eddie Kingston that much. Hmm. But ultimately, pretty good. And frankly, you want to talk about CM Punk and everybody wants to bitch and moan about how Oh, he needs to have a chip on his shoulder. He's so much better as a heel. Why can't he just be a heel already? Well, you're working towards it pretty fucking quickly in this program with CM Punk coming out there and saying, Eddie Kingston's not living up to the potential of who he was as a young man. That sounds an awful lot like an older dude who's got a chip on his shoulder looking at some of these other talents and judging them. It sounds an awful lot like a program that you're begging for CM Punk to be involved in, and yet people are still complaining about it. Um, I don't know. It just seems really weird because it seems like, again, they're moving very quickly towards giving the fans exactly what they want. And I heard a lot of negativity about it. Um, And I'm not sure why, because I do think that they're moving exactly where most people are saying they want that character to be. Um, and, you know, I appreciate they're not just turning him like that. Let's see a little bit of a progression. What's wrong with that? And then the inner circle match wasn't that good. It was a poop break. I had a massive burrito. So, <laughs> Hangman so Adam Page and Kenny Omega, also quite good. Sure. I'm not invested in Adam Page the way that I needed to be for that match to hit. Yes. But again, you want to talk about apparently this is the story they've been telling for two years. Yep. And they paid it off. Yeah. When's the last time WWE paid off anything from two years ago? Now I'm thinking about it. You know, I mean, one of the things I would say about WWE, and again, I hate to always make it a comparison thing, but you know, I, I feel like I was always frequently complaining about 
short-sighted booking decisions, right? They just they try something out and then they just sort of abandon it and goes away and they just they never mention it again. So to see something like this that they've been building towards really since the beginning of the company and then ultimately come to a very satisfying conclusion, a great match. I was entertained and I got to say, I really like uh, Adam Page's uh, entrance music. I love that sort of Western. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'd ever heard it before. I literally don't know if I've ever seen Adam Page wrestle before this pay-per-view. Did he have his finisher? His finisher is weird. I'm not sure. What is the finisher? It's like he puts him up behind, like he's got him up almost for like a backdrop. And, you know, so he's got him by like the legs and their heads down and then he drops him in like a pile driver. But I'm like, there's very little way to guarantee the safety of that. It looks like I'm he, sure there is. I don't know if but he hit that. The thing that I like about he did. that match. Um, and again, another story they're telling physically long term sort of booking here. Um, Adam Page did not at any point kick out of the one winged angel. He never sure. took that move. Um, someone in that match did take that move. Yeah, Adam Page did it to yeah. Kenny Omega and Kenny Omega did kick out of the move. And it, it's, it, it, it played very well because Adam Page, the way he had him up for it, it didn't look right. Like it looked like he was not executing it correctly. And so they've been very protective of Kenny Omega's finisher. No one in that company has kicked out of it. And so now the only man that has kicked out of that finisher is Kenny Omega himself because the person who did it yeah. is not Kenny Omega. Yeah. Like, again, what good booking that they don't even necessarily draw attention to, but it's there for the fans who care. Like, I, I, for me, this company is doing so much right. Period. So did so did you watch Dynamite? No. So what's it going to take? It's not fair. It's not fair because I don't have time right now. Um I I probably wouldn't have watched the pay-per-view if GQ hadn't sent me a text saying, "Hey, there's a pay-per-view." Um but I will say I enjoyed it. I think overall this was a better show than All Out. All Out had higher highs. But mm-hmm. across the board, I think this was a better show overall. Uh, and I think that I would watch Dynamite if I had time right now. I just don't. I don't know that I would watch anything else. I don't know that I would watch Rampage. Rampage. Yeah. And I certainly am not going to watch Dark. So, I, you know, but. Well, now I'm looking just to see what happened. Apparently, Brian Danielson's a heel now. Did did that look like it was happening during? No. He and again, I don't know if it's a heel. I'm imagining it is again, like you said, that kind of slow turn thing. But since he is the number one contender, he went out to confront Adam Page and the Dark Order, and was basically like, you know, I'm clearly better than you. I'm better than everybody here. You know, I won the, you know, you won your title. Great. Now you're here in your cowboy, you know. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how it actually played because, I, you know, people are talking about, you know, this different Brian Danielson. And I do think there is a difference in Brian Danielson in AEW than there was in the WWE. 
I, I think that in the ring, he is more vicious. Like there is, there is, I would think so. There is a propensity in him. I, I feel like to hurt his opponent. Yeah. That was not present in the, uh, Daniel Bryan of the WWE. No. I feel like, again, this is just what I've read. I don't know. I don't, I'm not familiar with his ring of honor work, but I guess this is yes. to some people feeling more like the yes. American dragon. Yes. And when you have somebody who's like that, who says, <clears throat> I'm just that good. I am going to hurt you if I have to. I don't know if that's really a heel or if that's more of your stone cold style tweener business. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that it matters. I don't really think in AEW they have, well, no, that's not true. They definitely have traditional heels and faces. They definitely do. But I feel like there's, there, well, do I feel like there's more gray area? WWE has a lot of gray area. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to walk that back. I don't think it's more or less necessarily than the WWE. I, well, and, but. I, and I think the, the fans, I, I know this happens in WWE. I don't watch AEW, but I know in WWE and NXT and all of that, they will present a wrestler who they clearly want to be a heel or a face. And the crowd goes either sure or nah. Right. You know, Tony D'Angelo, who is the wrestling mobster in NXT, was presented in those early vignettes to be a heel type character. Uh, and the crowd cheers for him every chance they get. I'm not so. aware of anyone in AEW for whom the audience is dissatisfied with their presentation. Sure. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I guess people are complaining about CM Punk because he's a lightning rod for controversy, I think. But, but like, the way that people kept saying, why won't you turn Cena heel? Why won't you turn Roman Reigns heel? Like, just fighting yeah. tooth and nail against what the company wants to do with these storylines. I don't, I have not seen that reaction in anyone in AEW. Well, and I haven't seen the whole product either, but no, but in a company that is going to give you what you want, why would there be, you know, Cody would have to come out and beat Adam page for the title tomorrow on rampage. And frankly, that's not a bad way to go with Cody because right now, he is, you know what? He is a face right now, and everybody wants to hate him. Yeah. So, like, if he were to come out and say, just go on the mic and say, I know there was a stipulation that said I could never challenge this title again. Well, guess what? I'm the executive vice president of this company. So, fuck that stipulation. I'm going to beat Adam Page right here, right now. And he, and he if he were to do it, like, yeah, that would be a phenomenal heel turn. Yes. I think. Um, so I don't know. I just feel like they're doing a real good job there across the board. And like, you know, little things like you, you, you talk about the audience in the WWE sort of taking over shows, the what chance, the mm -hmm. whatever would have, I, I can't, I don't, rem I, again, I'm not watching all the product, but I, not one, what chance for anything on that, on that show that I watch, you know what I mean? Like the audience is just cooperating. And as you point out, you know, if they're giving them what they want, why wouldn't they cooperate? But isn't that 
saying something? Like, don't you want your fans to like your product? Yes. Well, and, and you want your fans to feel like the people in the ring are engaged with the product. And in WWE, sometimes the artifice is just apparent. Yeah. And when you have that's the that's a good term. Your yeah. wrestlers who cut promos like this. What? You're yeah, exactly. You're asking fans yeah. to get involved. Like I am I am guessing when Adam Page came out and when Brian Danielson came out, I think I saw like 30 second snippet of it. I am sure they did not talk in that sort of, you know, and they didn't use the cliches because what we're what what we're talking about here, and I think we've we've touched on it in previous weeks. We are talking a wrestling company versus an entertainment company, and we are talking about bookers rather than writers. That show is being written. Monday and Friday nights in the WWE are written. Tuesdays are written. NXT UK is probably the only exception. The but, thing that um, I find is very strange about all of this is I feel like while I, I agree with that assessment, I feel like the biggest wrestling fans I know, which are probably you and Jeremy, neither of you seem to like the AEW product, which I find very strange because... I, ha I have liked the AEW product when I watch it. It is the effort that it takes mm. to go on to the TNT Oh, hey. App. You want to talk about effort. I went on to my Apple TV on Saturday, but you know, a half hour before GQ was arriving with my baby-sized burrito. Sure. Um, and I go to the fight.tv app because that is where I purchased and watched all out. And yeah. I go into the app and I'm looking around and I go, huh, I'm not seeing a thing to click on for AEW full gear. It's not here. Let me go to the search. Okay, I'll search for AEW. And I'm searching and I'm looking. No full gear. What the fuck is going on? I get online. I go to Reddit. What is going on with my Fight TV app? Apparently, as we know, Fight TV has that UK deal for AEW, right? Where you get the, the TV shows and all of that in the UK, right? Mm -hmm. Apparently, they do not have the rights to stream AEW pay-per-views. They got like special rights for All Out because it was like their big show of the year. So that one was available through Fight TV. But Full Gear was not. And so I said, well, how else can I watch this thing? And people online said, oh, uh, Bleacher Report Live. And so I, I download the BR Live app. I sign up for yeah. an account. And I find out that on the Apple TV, their app does not do any of the on-demand streaming. It's just like, archive stuff it doesn't do any of the purchases like i could not buy it to watch it on my apple tv using the br live app i do yeah. not have cable so i could not go through a traditional pay-per-view provider i literally had no way to legitimately give this company my money to watch their show so how did you do it i loaded up my vpn on my phone i put myself in the uk I logged into Fight TV. I purchased it as though I was a resident of the UK, and I airplayed it from my phone to the television for the duration of the pay-per-view product. Oh, my God. That's it. That's what I'm talking about. At, Fucked on, up. On Sunday, if I sit and watch uh, Survivor Series, 
And I'm honestly on the fence about this, whether or not I'm going to sit and devote the time. Uh, I turn on Peacock. I click on the button. I'm watching. Yes. I don't have to go through the rigmarole. Yes, there's commercials, because even though we've said we were going to get the plan that didn't have commercials, we still have commercials, and that's fine. But, um, you know. I think because this pay-per-view thing worked, I could probably subscribe to the AEW thing that's available in the UK. It would be a little bit of a rigmarole for you to use it, I think, because I'd have to train you on how to use a VPN probably to access it. But maybe. That's what I'm saying. If, if, If on January 1st, 2022, they came out with AEW Plus or AEW Elite, and it was a streaming service that I could get on a fire stick, and I could then, and you know, watch dynamite or even just the pig, you know, I understand they have deals with the, these Apparently, networks. And- if I had had a fire stick, their BR live app would have allowed me to purchase and watch. We, I, I'm not kidding. We honestly have, we just bought our fourth fire stick. Uh, so I do have an extra one. If you would like, <laughs> eh, it's fine. I'll just keep doing it the way I did it this last time. If I have to, but you didn't have uh, any streaming issues. No, it was perfect. It looked beautiful. So hey. I, works out. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's it. It is, it is the fact that it is such a hassle to try to, to get it all together. And I'm not watching anything, but today and yesterday I got back into the archive and I started watching stuff from 2001 again, but again, very convenient to do with the Peacock app. So, uh, you know, cause I, I like Adam Cole. I like, uh, I like Eddie Kingston. I don't watch a lot of his matches, but I like his promos and I like that. I like Brian Danielson. I like um, MJF. You know, I think I would enjoy these shows if it was easier to watch, but they make it. You have to. I don't have DVR, so it's a challenge to watch. And it's to me right now, it's not worth the effort. Fair enough. But uh Will you be watching Survivor Series? Not a chance. I, it's, it's bragging rights. It's it's Raw versus SmackDown. I'm 100% done with the WWE. But it's, it's Big E versus Roman Reigns. 100% done. It's Becky Lynch versus Charlotte. If you would let me cancel Peacock, I would. No. Exactly. <laughs> It's it's Damian Priest versus Shinsuke. Uh huh. You're done, 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 done. I don't think that they're ever getting me back. I say that. We'll see what the Royal Rumble does, though. <laughs> I bet you, you I watch, watch the Rumble. I watch I, I watch two shows a year. I watch Rumble. I watch Mania. That's it. I bet you I watch Rumble. I bet you I do. That's that's, that's there's that's, a that's siren they, song to it. That's when they get you back every year. Yeah. Every year around October and November, you're like, I'm done. I hate it. It's terrible. And then January 1st rolls around the day one pay-per-view. Because I think they're having a pay-per-view on New Year's Day called day one. It's possible. Hmm. It's possible that the Royal Rumble will be in February this year. Well, that's a little weird, which, but okay. Which to me seems weird. Yeah. But yes, uh, 
you know, I I enjoy Survivor Series. That pay-per-view more than any other has a sentimental place in my heart just because of that was the one that I always got every year because it was Thanksgiving and it was easier to, you know, I didn't, it wasn't a school night. But I, I, I don't know why we're doing Raw versus SmackDown. It doesn't mean anything. Doesn't, the winner doesn't get anything. No. So, no. But I am sure I will peep some of it. And now I think we should peep our email since our besties did a wonderful job. We had one or two. We're now up to four podcast at ddtwrestling.com. Uh, our first one that I see comes from Glenn and it is called The Big Breakfast. Hi, guys. A follow up from last week's email. My ultimate breakfast is two sausages, three rashers of back bacon, mushrooms, three hash browns, baked beans, fried bread, and a fried egg with a by cords G mug of tea, <laughs> whatever that is. Uh, I think it's big. I think it's big mug of tea. I don't know where the cords came from. The big mug of tea with milk and two sugars. Uh, I've not been able to have anything like it since I had to give up fried food. Giving up all that and smoking has probably added about 10 years to my life. Now it's a life of low fat and everything cooked in the oven. Might have to invest in an air fryer. Anyway, I'll leave it there. The countdown continues. Don't forget, keep those vocal cords warmed up. Thanks, Glenn. You should get an air fryer. They're pretty nice. We have two. Glenn, you still haven't told me about the baked beans. What are baked beans like in the UK? I want to know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I also want to know, is back bacon what we would consider bacon, or is back bacon a thinly sliced pork chop? Or is it like um, pork belly? Mm. Of course, pork, then, pork belly has to come from the belly, not the back, right? And then is fried bread literally just bread that you like fry in butter? Because that sounds fucking amazing. Yeah. My mom used to make something that we called fried bread. Like when she was like breading chicken, breadcrumbs, you know, and all that. Yeah. With the egg. She would take the leftovers at the end, just the leftover yep. egg mix, the breadcrumbs, yep. mix them together, put them in a frying pan. And that would be fried bread. And we would eat that. And that was awesome. It's so good. Yeah. My grandmother used to do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um. Was there a question in there? No, I think he was just no. letting us know. I'm glad you stopped smoking. Me too. Uh, our next email comes from Brent from AWI Pod. Assemble your team. Hello, fellow besties. If Doc and DC were making five-person Survivor Series-style matches using Marvel slash DC superheroes, who is making your five-person team? Thank you and enjoy your Thanksgiving friends. Same I feel like we you. answered this recently, didn't we? I don't or maybe know if we, we have like maybe- favorites. Let's see, because I feel like that would have been. Oh, we had to do. Mitchell asked us a few weeks ago to pick a promotion if, champions if we were doing a superhero wrestling federation. Yeah. Okay. And then let's see. We did. We we dra- We picked our favorite Ninja Turtles. Yeah. No. All right. So uh, I'll give you as always the first uh, first pick. Superheroes. Well, in the interest of always winning, I guess I'll just take Superman. Hmm. 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 Now, is it now? Do we have to go with heroes, or can we pick any 
It does say superheroes. And it does specifically say Marvel and DC. So I can't pick uh, the tick or, uh, you know, the mask or or whatever. That's a shame. Uh, I will go with uh, Professor Charles Xavier. Okay. All right. Uh, For my next pick, uh, I'll, I'll cross the picket line here. And I will choose Dr. Strange. I will cross the picket line as well. And I will take uh, the Martian Manhunter because they often say that he was quite on par with Superman in terms of some of the powers. Yeah, but he would still lose because he's not Superman. My next pick um, cause I feel like we got to get a little silly with it. I will take rocket raccoon. So you have Superman, Dr. Strange and rocket. Uh-huh. Got it. Um, I will take, oh, I should have, I should have picked a theme that had a theme. I will take, let's see. I've got the, the telepath. I've got the, kind of Superman-ish, I will take, goodness, I'll take, oh, fuck Spider-Man. I'm <laughs> swearing a lot in this episode. Uh, I will take the Hulk. All right. Okay. Um... I think I'll swing back because I feel like they would just be really good pals, uh, Rocket and this next pick. Um, I'm going to go with Rocket and Batman. I'd like to see Rocket just sitting on Batman's shoulder. Fair enough. Um, I that, yeah, I think they'd get along. I, I think we need, we need silly on my team. We're far too serious, so uh, I'm taking Deadpool. Hmm. Good pick. All right. For my final pick, I will take. The most useless superhero I can think of. And I will take Aquaman. All right. Someone's got to eat the pen. And the guy who talks to fish (laughs) seems like the one. Uh, I will go ahead and take them. Um, I had one and then I lost it. Um, let's see, I've got silly. I've got that. I'll take. Oh, sure. I will take uh, Reed Richards, a.k.a. Mr. Fantastic. Lovely. Lovely. You got to have some brains in the group. Yeah. All right. So Superman, Doctor Strange, Rocket Raccoon, Batman, and Aquaman. Taking on Professor X, the Martian Manhunter, the Hulk, Deadpool, and Mr. Fantastic. I'd watch it. Uh, Brent, excellent questions, as always. Next one, a quick question from Mitchell. Now, I can't help but notice though, on my team before I had, I had man, 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 raccoon, strange. <laughs> Anyways. Um, quick question from Mitchell. Okay, so I'm currently rewatching all the Spider-Man movies in anticipation of No Way Home. Raimi, amazing MCU. 
So I was wondering, which set of movies or even just portrayal of Spider-Man were your all's favorite of the three? Feel free to discuss pros and cons as well. Doesn't have to be all or nothing. Uh, the best Spider-Man is Tom Holland. Of the cinematic versions? Uh, yeah, of the three cinematic versions that he's offering us to choose. Very between. much. Very much so. Yeah. Um, I, I see, Andrew I Garfield see. is a distant, distant third. But Tobey Maguire is maybe only barely. Yeah, it's, a it's Tom Holland. Yeah. Very large gap. I didn't wind up seeing the Electro movie. No, me um, And I think I saw the first Andrew Garfield. I don't like Spider-Man. My favorite moment in any Spider-Man movie is in Spider-Man 3. When he's like, he's got the symbiote suit and he's all emo and he's doing like the dancing, walking down the street. That is that was the that worst was amazing. part of almost any movie ever made. I don't know. That was pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, I, I've never been into Spider-Man. No, me neither. I watched the trailer for No Way Home. Uh, it looks far too busy. It looks like it should be either a 12-part like t- TV series on Disney Plus or like two movies on its own. Um, I think it's interesting. I'm sure I'll see it at some point. That, but. Uh, it looks like Doctor Strange is a very big role in it, and I like the team-up element of it. It feels yeah. like a classic team-up comic book. And if it... Because, you know, obviously in this thing, they're talking about all these different universes coming together. And, of course, we know the next Doctor Strange movie is, um, I forget what it's called, Madness of the Multiverse or something? Multiverse of Madness, yeah. Yeah, so, like, my assumption is the events of this movie directly feed into that movie, which I think is good. Sure. Um, So, I think I'm interested, but more so from the Doctor Strange angle. But even then, like, I didn't think the Doctor Strange movie was very good. I'm not really invested in that character. I thought the movie kind of sucked. But I liked Doctor Strange in, you know, like, Endgame and Infinity War, I guess. But yep. Well, there was not a great villain in Doctor Strange. And I'm eventually going yeah. to do uh, a Joy of Booking in which I rank the Marvel movies. Um, but, yeah, the problem is, like, you know, Dormammu shows up with like 10 minutes left in the movie. I I will say I thought the ending of Dr. Strange, the the climactic battle with Dormammu. uh, That was great. Was fantastic. It's probably one of the best villain fights in the franchise because it didn't just devolve into, I'm going to punch it real good. You know, like it actually used his brain and his powers. Like what I liked. And it was, it wasn't a final boss fight in which I, Ant-Man, I am evil Ant-Man. Right. I am Iron Man. I am evil Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll watch it when it comes out. But, like, I'm, you know, despite being boosted, I'm not sure that the movie theater is someplace I'm going to want to go still anytime soon. Uh, Eternals didn't bring me there. Shang-Chi didn't bring me there. And uh, I don't think Spider-Man No Way Home is going to bring me there. So maybe Multiverse of Madness might. Because I enjoyed WandaVision. I enjoyed Loki. 
We'll see. We'll see what the world looks like in six months. But I got to say, unless they come out of left field with something that really excites me, I I don't know that I'm going to be seeing any more Marvel movies. What's going to bring you back to the theater then? I don't know. I might go see Ghostbusters, but I haven't been hearing good things. So really? Yeah. Uh Oh, yeah. I mean, like if they recast Wolverine and like they did like and they were like going to go dark with it r-rated something more like logan but with a different cast sure that could maybe get me excited but there is a comic series i didn't i haven't read all of it but it's um wolverine red white and black i think and it's black and white except for the blood yeah and I'm like, if you did a dark Wolverine movie that was in black and white, except for the blood, I'd watch like it Sin, like Sin City style. Yeah, I would watch the <laughs> hell out of that. That'd be pretty good. I still I I at least once a week, I try to think of who I'd want to play Wolverine. I mean, I would love to see them go like an old man Logan style and let's get like a Willem Dafoe in there or something crazy. You know what I mean? Not Willem Dafoe. I mean, he's got too much of a tie to Marvel already, but something like saying, that, you know? Yeah. You know, I remember like the rumor was they wanted Bob Hoskins, which would have been great. <laughs> I would have but... watched the hell out of that. Oh, man. But yeah, I'm like, you want somebody like shorter and bulkier. But anyways. um, Yeah. You know, uh, Tom Holland is good. Tobey Maguire was okay. Uh, Andrew Garfield. I will say, in my memory of things, my favorite movie is still Spider-Man 2 from the yes. Raimi-verse. Well. But I don't know if that's true. Because, again, Spider-Man I haven't... Spider-Man 2 was good. What's that? Yeah, Spider-Man 2 was good. Yeah, because, again, I haven't seen the Electro movie, and I haven't seen any of the Tom Holland movies, so... Oh. Um, The first one was... Eh. Far From Home wasn't bad. I liked Far From Home. I liked Michael Keaton as the vulture, but the rest of the movie was kind of, again, meh. Yeah. Uh, Our last email comes from Jeremy. I guilted him into it. Virtually wrestling. This is too long, DC. You should read this. What if there were some sort of VR gimmick that could transmit the live feed of a pro wrestling pay-per-view straight to the headset? so that it would give you the sensation of sitting front row at the event. I'm pretty sure we talked about this on the podcast like three years ago. And I thought it was a great idea at the time, but now I'm kind of like, yeah, fuck VR. That's never going to be a thing. No ticket needed, no money for parking or concessions or anything at the gimmick table. How much would you realistically pay for such a device? Let's say the device has one price point and each pay-per-view has a certain additional price point. Wouldn't that be preferable to going to a live pay-per-view and or better than simply firing up the cock or buying a pay-per-view some other way and watching conventionally? Forgive me if such a gimmick already exists. I don't get out much. With love, Jeremy. P.S. Toasters do not belong under a ring. I'm not convinced it was under the ring. That's that's it may have been under the ring, but I'm just not convinced that it was that to me changed everything. Like if it's in a shopping cart that is wheeled down to the ring, fine, not a problem. Use it. Um, 
My issue is the headset itself. Like between motion being motion sick uh, and I don't want to wear a headset. The problem with the headsets are it shuts you off from the outside world. Like you'd be in there doing your thing and Mrs. Matthews would just be over there making the worst faces at you because she'd be like, he's got that stupid thing on again. Yeah. His own little wrestling world. Like, you know what I mean? Like it just, it's not, it's not a good technology unless you live all by yourself and you just want to be alone, isolated in that headset. Like, I don't think it works for people that live with other people. Like I just, and I think there's something to the communal aspect of, of watching on a screen. Don't get me wrong. I, I think, I think that the key here is, because you know, you know, he says, wouldn't it be pre- preferable to going to a live pay-per-view or better than firing up the cock? Like, I like I don't think this would be better for watching movies. Like, you know what I mean? The only the only reason why I think it would kind of work for wrestling is because, yes, if you go to a wrestling show, you're sitting there in the front seat and they could recreate that environment to make you feel like you're there. But like, I don't want a VR thing where it's like I'm in a movie theater. Like that's the equivalent, right? I don't need to be in a dark place with sticky feet with gum on the chair next to me. Like, so I can watch a screen when I could just be watching my TV, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I think it works a little bit better for sporting events. I think the, 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 the visual analogy for some reason just works a little bit better, but I, I still don't think I'd want it anymore. Um, you know, if they had some sort of like they have, don't they have curved television sets? Yeah, those are kind of phased out, though, at this point, because they yeah. were just a gimmick. Or you see, you know, I've seen people who have, you know, three monitors and they play one thing and it kind of gives you that like, yeah, almost like peripheral vision sort of thing. The other problem is, OK, so let's say I put on the headset and I'm sitting front row and then the wrestlers fight on the other side. Well, now I can't see them. Am I going to get camera cuts? Like, can I jump from like, you know, can I jump from this perspective and then jump to the camera on the other side so I can see what's happening? Or am I like when you're a at a wrestling show, anything that happens on the other side, you've got to now turn and just watch on the monitor so that you know what's happening. Yeah. Um, I don't like the Kevin Dunn, you know, Tourette's style cuts between camera angles, but. I do appreciate that when I sit to watch Survivor Series I on also, Sunday. I definitely said that while watching Full Gear. Like the camera work is so much easier to watch. Um, I really yeah. appreciated that. The only thing I don't like about AEW's camera work is occasionally they go to these turnbuckle cameras. Yeah. And they're fucking terrible. Like they're 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 like they're just so clearly a lower quality, like resolution wise. Sure. It just looks like trash. Like, I don't know why they don't have better cameras in the corners. If that's the thing they want to do. It just, it looks bad. It looks really amateur hour. Don't like that at all. I, you know, I love the idea of the immersive experience. I do think the immersive experience idea is good. You're absolutely right. Like, yeah, I, I would last maybe two matches before my wife took it off my head and went, yeah, we're not doing this. Right. <laughs> um, and, you know, if they want if they wanted to come up with a way again through either the television or something like that to kind of create that atmosphere, I would certainly try it. But I'm content on my couch. I've always been content on my couch. And so 
you know, if I want the communal experience, I'll go to Manson Manor and sit on the spoiler. He doesn't. Sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, so uh, thank you to Jeremy and Mitchell and Brent and Glenn for uh, sending in your emails. Uh, while I check the spam folder one last time to make sure we didn't miss any Doc Manson, it's that time again. Um, Ooh, nope, never mind. Nope, never mind. It's not that time again. Uh, we have two emails from Mrs. Manson. Huh. Uh, one sent at 603, one sent at 621. The first one is titled Mythical Creatures. Dear DC and Doc, if you could be a mythical creature, what slash who would you be and why? Take a look at the list here, 12 most popular mythical creatures known to mankind dash wonder list and make your selection. Don't read below and cheat. Make your selection and say why first. Once you've made your selection. <laughs> okay. Um, clicking on the link. I guess we got to pick one from here. Number 12 is Amazons. Number 11 are Berserkers. 10 is the Kraken slash Leviathan. Nine are composite species. So chimeras of some mm-hmm. sort. Uh, number eight is the Phoenix. Seven is a unicorn. Six are mermaids slash sirens and fairies. A lot to lump together, I think. Uh, number five is a werewolf. Four is the Bigfoot slash Yeti. Uh, three, vampires slash El Chupacabra slash Dracula. Two is a dragon. And number one, the Loch Ness Monster. Well, I don't think we have to be those. No? Like the, there are more creatures than that. Oh, well, I thought we had to choose from the list. What would you be? I mean, of the list... I'm going to go with probably the vampire because that lets me still basically be a human being. All these other ones aren't. Well, Amazons, I guess, are, but. I'm going to go. I'm still going to go with. I'm going to go with the vampire. I was tempted to go with vampire because, again, um, you know. The immortality piece holds some appeal. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to cl- clone myself. Um, <clears throat> but then again, I just want to be able to I, yell out bat and then turn into a bat and fly away. Then missed. It's going to be so good. Uh, I'm going to tweak one uh, werewolf, except I think for me, I'd have to be a werebear. I was going to suggest for you Bigfoot, except, of course, you just stay the same height that you are. (laughs) Things wouldn't really change. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) I would be able to, you know, I'd be in the woods. I'd be alone. People would come looking for me and I'd hide. You might have to shave a little bit more, but only a little (laughs) bit more. (laughs) I'd make it work. But yeah, you know, some sort of half man, half like I could turn into a, you know, lump lumbering tranquilized grizzly bear would be just fine all right uh the second email no no no. there's still there's still more to that email once you've made your selection now imagine you're going through the mcdonald's drive-thru either as the driver or the vehicle of the vehicle or passenger and perhaps you simply gallop or slither up no judgment here what's your order as that mythical creature thanks as always see she she says gallop. A centaur wasn't on that list, but I'm assuming you'd have to be a centaur if you're galloping up. Hmm. How do you think the organs work in a centaur? Because, like, you know, normally it's depicted as 
like a whole upper human torso, right? So you would have the mouth and the esophagus leading into the human stomach, but then you're transitioning into the chest of the horse. So your stomach would then do what when it was transitioning through the chest? And then would you have a second stomach, the horse stomach, or is it just one big stomach at that point? And then, but no, you can't do that because then you wouldn't have any muscles in the chest portion of the horse. Yeah. The way I've seen centaurs depicted is you have the, it's almost from like <clears throat> belly button up, you're human. And then you have Because your the, pooper is definitely in the back by the tail, right? Yes. That stomach of, has to connect somehow. Do you think? Either that or you just have really large intestines. Yeah, but like if you had just really large intestines, I think you got to have at least two stomachs, right? You got to have the human stomach and maybe a tube going that connects to like the horse to stomach. the horse stomach. So at that point, you're basically a cow where you've got multiple stomachs, right? You're talking me into it. So if you're a centaur, cause... can you chew your own cud? Because I don't think horses do that, right? Or do they? No, I don't think so. But maybe they would if you were a centaur and you had two stomachs. I don't know, but looking at these pictures, it kind of makes being a centaur look pretty badass. Mm. Mm. Um. So yeah, what, what's your what's your order? What what is vampire? I mean, I guess I just in. sort of hang out on the roof until ten o'clock at night, and I wait for the employee to come out to the dumpster because I can't eat any of the food at a McDonald's if I'm a vampire. Um, vampires can't can, eat. Can vampires just not eat? Yeah, usually they can't eat food. Usually um, it causes them to like throw up or something like violently. See, that would be a deal breaker to me. Yeah. Usually they cannot eat regular food. So Hmm. I guess I'd be ordering, uh, you know, one employee. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, And, you know, Bigfoot D.C., I just pop the hatch and I'm like, fill her up. All the Big Macs. <laughs> I'll uh, take what was what was our order used to be? <laughs> two double cheeseburgers, two big chickens, and I think you used to get like one fillet of fish. But we'd get like we'd get five sandwiches between the three of us. I think I used to do us. three double cheeseburgers and two McChickens. Yeah, I would only do the the, the fish during Lent. And what was I thinking back then? I was uh, talking to a uh, fellow teacher who also attended the same university that we did, and uh, they mentioned a local calzone place. Mm -hmm. And they were like, you know, the best part about this is like that's at least two meals for me, sometimes three. (laughs) And I went, my roommate and I used to get three. They get the three calzone special, and that was one meal for the two of us. Uh Yes, it was. Oh, thank you. Thanks as a- oh, yeah. Thanks as always for being the gems you are. Love you both. And thanks for filling my ears with almost 300 episodes of DDT. Love, Mrs. Manson. Oh, this is this is this is perfect. She's so good because I was going to ask for your piece of positivity and you sometimes struggle. Mrs. Manson's second email is titled Pieces of Positivity. Dear Doc, I also figured you could use some help here as you fumble with DC's end of pod question often. Your pieces of positivity this week may include AEW Friends Travaganza and the biggest burrito you may have ever eaten in your life. Parentheses. Thanks, GQ. 
possibly going to visit a new Costco this weekend. And three, Joe Bob ruins Christmas on Shutter December 17th. And last but not least, moi. The best wife you've ever had. Your loving, wonderful, sweet, and modest spouse. I am always a good choice for this question. Peace out, Brussels sprouts, Mrs. Manson. So given all those options. Yep. What are you going to pick? Ah, you got to come back to me. I just can't think of anything. <clears throat> I'm like, he's not going to pick any of the ones you suggested. Honestly, does, it's probably legitimately the French extravaganza. It's nice to sure. see people. And the AEW show was really quite good. There was a massive burrito. Rachel brought brownies. Mrs. Manson made um, some fun Fetty cookies that were quite tasty. So like it was a good night Lovely. all around. I, I of these, you know, obviously that one is in the past. So at this point, I'm looking most forward probably to Joe Bob ruins Christmas on Shutter. Um, I was happy to see that again announced get announced. I think yesterday. Uh, but yeah, so you know probably that a new Costco should should be fun also. But we'll see. Is that in the town with the Trader Joe's? It is. Yeah. Is it finally open? Yep, open two days ago. Good to know. It's probably going to okay. be a madhouse, though. So I don't know. We'll see. I would imagine so. I would imagine so. I would imagine so. Were you the one that was telling me that they're putting a Chick-fil-A in to the same plaza as the Trader Joe's? I don't know that I was the one telling you that, but they are. That's going to absolutely ruin that end of the parking lot. Yeah. And the worst part is it's basically smack dab in the middle of the parking lot. That's what I'm saying. It's going to yeah. ruin the entire parking lot. It's going to ruin that. That, that, Oh, are they putting it? I thought they were putting it off on the end by the Olive Garden. Nope. They're putting it where the Starbucks used to be. Oh, yeah. That's going to ruin the whole parking lot then. I thought it was there used to be where the KFC used to be or and then it was like a Mexican place. And I was like, there's an exit right there that you're never going to be able to get out of now. But, oh, I didn't know they were putting it where the Starbucks was. I mean, unfortunately, you're sort of like Hobby Lobby. This is a place that I will never uh, frequent. But... It's going to get a lot of business, and that parking lot was bad to begin to with. Begin with. So it's going to yeah. be bad. Yeah. All right. Um, I will go. Let me think. Um, I am looking forward to the holiday. I'm, Thanksgiving is probably my favorite holiday because there's not a lot of associated kerfuffle that goes with it, unlike Christmas and some others. Mm-hmm. Um. I I will give since it's a recent thing. I watched WrestleMania 17 today. Mm. That is a very good pay per view. Uh, opening up with Regal and Jericho. You have that's the one with Comatose uh, Linda McMahon, right? Yes, that's a good. That's a good sequence. That's the biggest. That's the biggest pop of the entire night is her standing up and kicking Vince in the junk. Is the best. The high. Yes, very awkwardly kicking him in the junk as though yes. she is. Not really a person who's used to moving any yeah. of her limbs in a natural way. But you have you have Monday, the Monday before is when Vince shows up on Nitro having bought WCW. So it's this huge monumental thing. The Monday Night War is over. And then they put on perhaps the greatest WrestleMania because that includes the gimmick Battle Royal mm. with me, Gene, and Bobby Heenan. That's on a pretty good one. Yeah. You've got Undertaker versus Triple H, which is very good. And then the show ends with uh, Austin and that's, joining forces. That's Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Triple H. 
No, that's he's Triple H by that. Oh, point. is he? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, and then that ends with Austin joining forces with Vince McMahon to win the title. Okay. So that was a very enjoyable, you know, for having to stay home. To, I wasn't planning on taking the day. I didn't actually particularly want to take the day, but in order to be make sure I was healthy for the holiday, I should. Um, that was an enjoyable way to spend a few hours this morning was was checking that pay-per-view out. So you know what another, I'm sure everyone listening. Another piece of positivity might be. What's that? I discovered this week that I can charge my car in the garage where I work full time. Oh, for that's free nice. of charge. Wow. That's very nice. Yeah. Makes the parking pass almost worth it. Yeah. 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 That's very nice. Yeah. Uh, I'll something I'm also look looking forward to potentially, potentially, if we could be sitting at the far place. Mm, that could be a nice. week from today. That would be very nice as well. Or a well, week from folks, yesterday, even. But yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. It's Thursday. <laughs> uh, folks, this has been a fantastic episode. Two ninety six. Accurate. Seven? Accurate six. 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 We are four episodes away. Another two or three weeks, we're actually going to need to start planning something. Yeah. Yep. So I'm, I'm uh, starting to think three, maybe 299 should be the big show. Um, because this is nobody will be expecting it. You know what I mean? All of a sudden we break it out. Just yeah. 30, just, you know, 300, just kind of, eh, just does a thing, just a normal show or 300 is an average show. And like, you know, 303, we just go, Hey, Let's celebrate this number. Yeah. Uh, Doc Manson, anything else you'd like to say before we head into that good night? If you'd like to have your thoughts read on the air, send us an email podcast at ddtwrestling.com. No, really, send us an email at podcast at ddtwrestling.com. We need more emails, besties. We need more emails. It's how I thrive. It's how I survive. I need, need, need them. Podcast at ddtwrestling.com. .com. What is that email address again, DC? What is it? One more time. Podcast at DDTWrestling.com. Ooh, I love those dulcet tones. If you'd like to listen to our entire back catalog of episodes, you can do so at DDTWrestling.com, DDTPod.com, or at your podcast repository of choice. And finally, if you like what you've heard, and how could you? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash DDT wrestling to give just a little bit of financial support to DC and Doc. It helps us keep the lights on and this podcast train. A chugga 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 login. Another part point about WrestleMania 17 that was good. Do you remember who was on commentary? No. Jim Ross and. Paul Heyman. Lovely. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Thank you for joining us on episode 296. We'll be back at you for 297 until we meet again, my friends. Won't you be our bestie? <laughs>